Well, last session on Flotsam and Jetsam, our investigators took a boat ride down from Ipswich to Innsmouth. Getting off near the railway bridge made their way fairly cautiously down towards the old Nolane mansion, checking for possible abandoned buildings in which they might be able to hide if things got hot. Then arriving at the mansion, they had a short conversation with a not-too-friendly local, and then went inside, where uh, first of all noticed the smell of death in the place and the general decrepitude of the estate, but made their way through to the room where the will-reading is taking place, and met a few of the other attendees. Nigel got speaking to Billy Fold, a freelance reporter, who had perhaps something of an odd manner to him and some tattoos that he seemed to be keeping hidden. Uh, Anthony tried to listen in on some conversations but didn't get very far with it. The Sherman made the reacquaintance of his employer, Charlie Gray, who was preparing to read the will. And Frieda May and the Major got into a robust discussion with August Nolane. And this ended when... The Major cocked his gun within his jacket. Um, yes, this seemed to amuse August, who promised that they would meet later and have sport. Then, regrouping at the table, they had a brief discussion with Charlie Gray, about, who said that they'd be a little wiser about what's going on when he read the will, which was going to happen in a few minutes. And then... Actually, a woman who didn't introduce herself, but you'd, I think, heard someone else refer to as Wilma, Wilma Barton, came over and, yes, uh, had had a discussion about perhaps whether Frida May should relinquish her claim on her bequest. And, uh, yeah, it, it was a conversation that didn't really lead to a conclusion, but on the other hand... It was probably more cordial than any other conversation you've had since you <laughs> arrived in Innsmouth. And yes, with that, Charlie Gray has announced that he is ready to read the will. And so is everyone taking their, their seats? And is anyone causing any other trouble before the, real we the will reading begins? Uh, can I suggest we try and get seats at the back of the room near the door, in case we do need to make a swift exit? Mm -hmm. oh, I yeah. can agree to that. Yeah. Oh yes. Sounds like a plan. I mean, as a as a hireling, I'll just uh, I will stand <laughs> at the back, or slouch at the back at least. Okay. Yeah, and obviously, particularly from Sherman's point of view, but I mean, you know, everyone else, you can see that the other attendees are paying at least as much attention to the investigators as they are to uh, Mr. Gray, who is shuffling his papers and getting ready to do the reading. So, yes, um, then Mr. Gray, you know, he, he grabs the papers and he, he looks and says, uh, looks down at them and says, uh, well, thank you all for coming today. This is perhaps a, a bit less, um, a bit less organised than I'd like. Uh, you see, Mrs. Nolane did rewrite her will just shortly before her death, uh, j just three short weeks ago. And, well, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the substantive points in a moment. Um, let me just go through the, the bequests as they stand. 
So the manor house here, including all the land, is left to Emily's daughter, Wilma, Wilma Martin, Nolene. And with that, the the woman who was speaking to you before, you know, she she sits up a bit straighter in her chair. And from your, your view at the side, you can sort of see her smiling almost in relief. Then, yes, all, all painted artistic works are to be divided equitably between Emily's son, uh, Edward Nolane, and his children, uh, uh, with permission granted for public display. And uh, uh, Edward just shrugs at this. All liquid assets and saleable stocks are to be divided forty uh, percent, uh, split evenly between Emily's surviving children and sixty uh, percent to the Esoteric Order of Dagon, uh, under Edward and Elaine's power of attorney. The, the contents of Emily's library are hereby bequeathed in its entirety to the Esoteric Order of Dagon, under her son August and Elaine's power of attorney. Um. All family records go to Emily's daughter, um, Wilma, Mart Wilma Martin, nay Nolane. And all materials of religious significance go to Emily's daughter, uh, Wilma Martin, nay Nolane. The family at this stage, you know, they, they are, they're all smiling and, and, you know, chuckling amongst themselves and, you know, a couple of claps on the back as certain bequests are read out. And you know, generally the atmosphere in the room seems to be improving. And then, yeah, Mr. Gray, his hand visibly shaking as he's holding the paper says, uh, and finally, um... A, a key to my safe deposit box at the East India Marine Merchants Bank of Innsmouth. And the, the contents of this sealed letter, which is to be read privately, go to my, my granddaughter, Frida May Honeycutt. And with that, I mean, it's like the temperature in the room has just dropped 20 degrees. All the good humour from the Nolane family has stopped. And as one, they just turn around and look at you. And Charlie Gray says, uh, I, I think that concludes our business here. I mean, th thank you all for for coming along um, I, I, I will need to speak to uh, Miss Honeycutt uh, privately afterwards um, but uh, anyone else if there are any questions I mean you, you can find me at, at my office or, or rather at Edward's office he says pointing at, at Edward and um, uh, yeah yes uh, I, I, I hope this is well, satisfactory and yeah, from the from the body language and the looks on the Nolane's faces, this is not satisfactory. So Charlie wanders from behind the table over towards where the group of you are seated, and says, uh, I, "I think we better find somewhere private to um, have a, a a little discussion." If, if that suits you is now a good time I think now's a good time we we don't want this to drag on mm -hmm. any longer than it has to is it too late to get the boat I, I, I think maybe let's not mention that in public <laughs> I, I think a getaway plan was incredibly wise in this set of circumstances 
we are we are very clever. Uh, Mr. Gray says, uh, "Well, b- b- perhaps um, yes. Uh, shall we go through to the the library? Oh, is is that a good choice? Maybe the conservatory. Um, I I don't know. Uh, yeah, yes, the library. Let, let, let's uh, let's go to the library. It, is this is the library like? I don't want to go to a place where we're not going to have an exit. Is is a thing." <laughs> Uh, uh, can I make a suggestion? Why don't we head over to the bank immediately where the safe deposit box is? I, I, I just don't think staying in this mansion is advisable. Oh, I think that's a good idea. I'd personally like to see the library myself. And, and the other thing, chastity wasn't mentioned in the will. Is, is she even in the room? I know we're, we're primarily here for, the, for you, Frida, but there is a mystery going on here. No, I, I must admit I've, I've never... I've never met Chastity. Uh, she, yes, yeah, she she seems to be very private, and uh, he gives a perhaps knowing look to Sherman. Okay. Um, Do we clock this knowing look to Sherman? Oh, he's not being. <laughs> oh, okay. Now, I have grandchildren, and I've raised a whole brood of children on my own. Nothing gets past these grandma's eyes. <laughs> what is going on? Um, well, I, I think, I think, um, yes, let's, I, I, I think, as I said, I, I think everything will become much clearer when we, we read the letter. Oh, Mr. Gray, the more clear things become, it's just that you're leading me into a situation uh, that could be very dangerous. Now, I've agreed to make this a, a, a not contentious will reading, but, you know, each time you say something's gonna become clear, and then it doesn't become clear, and there's just another step. Mrs. Honeycutt, I, I, I must say, I am... Largely in the dark as much as you are. I, I have not read the contents of this letter yet. It was given to me sealed by Mrs. Nolane, and I, 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 I'm not aware of the contents of it. I, I have been given instructions in her will to, to read it to you privately. That, that's, that's all I can offer at this stage. And I, I don't mean to detract from your personal circumstances, but do bear in mind that I live in Innsmouth, I I work for the Nalane family, and as unpleasant as this situation may be for you, I have far greater concerns for myself at the moment. And I'd like to rewind my memory and... It is are the instructions in the will that he must read the letter to me, or that the yes. letter must be read by me in private? That he must read it to you in private. Okay then. Please let's get this over with quickly. It won't take me long, I'm sure, to read you the letter. Let's just go somewhere quiet, read the letter, and and then we can be done with this business. Please. I'd like to turn around and look at the family. Are they all just like staring daggers at me? Edward and August are. At this stage, Emily is coming over to... Not Emily. That would be creepy. Uh, well, it's still creepy, but it's... Uh, it's just a picture of her on the wall. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Wilma is coming over towards you and giving you that very crooked-looking smile again. Wilma, 
as you know, we heard he's going to go. He wants to read this letter to me privately. I think the best thing to do to just get him out of our family business and out of your family business, let me, let him tell me whatever's in the letter. I'm going to come pop right back out. Tell you what's going on. Uh, you're just as much in the dark as I am. And I think the best thing to do is just uh, send me in there. Let me understand what's happening and then I'll come out. Well, as as you say, we we're family, aren't we? I, perhaps perhaps I should come in there with you, and we can we can share your good fortune together. Does that sound acceptable? Unfortunately, uh, this uh, Mister Gray here, uh, Esquire, is uh, you know <laughs> he he just keeps saying that it's got to be a private letter reading between me and him, and I don't understand what the big deal is, but he sure is being a real stick in the mud. Yes, yes, I suppose so. And with that, she mutters something under her breath while looking at you intently. Uh, can you give me a power roll, please? Oh God. Of course, Scott, of course. So that's a 16 versus 75. Oh, okay. Let's see how she does here. Well, that's 22 versus 70. So you've both got hard successes there. Um, if you what... spend one luck, it would make it extreme. Yeah, I'll spend one luck to make this an extreme success. This is a, this is a slippery slope. Look at Joel. We'll be rolling group luck with 15. So just for a moment, you feel a bit lightheaded. And I mean, you, you blink a bit and it's like you've got some tears in your eyes, but you, you shake it off. And I mean, the rest of you can see just for a moment that there is a a little drop of blood that wells up in the corner of Frida May's eye and runs down the side of her nose. But, yeah, th th that's it. That's it, he says. Oh, it could have been so much worse. I... <laughs> <laughs> Wilma looks at you angrily for a moment and says, well, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll speak again about this soon of course and i'll wipe my eye and you know i'm not gonna let my blood drip anywhere here so i'm just gonna keep it on my person <laughs> maybe just like rub it into my hands very sensible okay mr gray yes yes let's all right yeah. library library yeah library all right yeah. come with me quickly uh, as we leave can i just see where benny fold has disappeared to uh yeah um, yeah, Mr. Folds is watching uh, just from the sidelines. He, he seems very amused by everything that's going on. Uh, it's Billy Fold, by the way, not Benny Fold. He <laughs> does... Yeah, he just looks very amused by whatever's going on and uh, utterly unperturbed. There's something going on here. There's more than meets the eye. Nigel, did you get any idea from him why he might actually be here? Well, he's, he says he's a freelance reporter about the murder. And uh, he, he was, he was kind of you know, sketchy about telling me exactly where he's from, but I know he's been here a few times before. And uh, he's got some sort of uh, signet ring on it. I don't know if that has anything to do with that, that church that's here that, that just got all that money. Uh, he's got some tattoos on his arm, so I, I kind of casually asked if he was a sailor, because, you know, 
you know, I think only sailors get tattoos, right? He's, he said no, so I don't know what that's about either. Uh, but he says he does know a lot about here. I figured we could probably get a little bit of information about, uh, about Inzimuth from him, since he seems to be a little bit friendlier than most everybody else we've met here. Um, but he says he's just freelance journalist, came here on his own initiative. And given the looks they gave him, he doesn't seem to be much more welcome than we are, but he seems to be a little bit more tolerated. Well, if we need to wait outside the library while Frieda and uh, receives the contents of her letter, maybe we could um, catch his high and plumb him for information. And I'll, I'll, and I'll try and do that. I'll try as we kind of leave the room. I'll try and gesture for him to follow. Yes, kind of he, he does so persuasively. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's too bad. I, I, I was just about to ask the major to marry me, so I didn't have to go into this room by myself. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, hearing you talking about that, I mean, Mr. Gray does say, I mean, you are welcome to have anyone accompany you who, who you wish. I mean, it's, this, is, this is your choice, Mrs. Hunnicutt. Oh, of, of course. Uh, yes. Um, Major, would you uh, would you like to join me? And um, you know, maybe we have a couple on the inside, a couple on the outside. <laughs> Good idea, of course. Uh, Nigel, would you mind holding my bag? And I give him my bag, which everyone knows has my Springfield <laughs> shotgun in it, <laughs> which I always carry. I love the idea that your bag is just like a loose cloth bag that clearly isn't the out- outline of a, gun, of a shotgun and nothing else in there. Always. <laughs> Maybe it, a flip up mirror, that's it. It does that taper to accommodate <laughs> yeah. for the stock. It has Springfield <laughs> arms embroidered on the side. <laughs> it's actually like one of those shotgun actual bags. That's what it's for, you know? So. It's got loops with shells in it. Yeah. Just- <laughs> There's black powder staining where some shells have broken. <laughs> As I'm saying, everyone has seen it. It's very clear. It's always with us. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, Frida's magic murder bag on the other side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, that, that, to be fair, it's not as intimidating as the murder noose bat she has strapped across her back like a machete. <laughs> I'm just a weird Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> murder Poppins. Uh, so Mr. Gray also requests that Sherman go in as well because yeah. he's feeling a bit vulnerable at the moment. And... Uh, and is, is it the shotgun? Uh, <laughs> oh, you're you're, yes. you're you're a very cute couple. Uh, but then, so Nigel and Anthony are waiting around outside the library. So Mr. Gray ushers the rest of you in there and shuts the door. And you can see almost immediately as he does so that he's regretted this. And you can tell why, because the smell of death that you smelt before is even stronger in this room. There is, I mean, I mean, this is obviously a library. There are a few chairs that are covered by dust sheets. There's a little desk uh, over in one corner. There are floor-to-ceiling bookshelves, which they, they don't look quite as full as you'd expect. But the smell, uh, as I said, of death is much stronger in this room. And he, he's he's looking around, and you can see him 
sort of unconsciously looking at one of the chairs that's covered by the dust sheet. And there is a bit of something that has stained through the white of the sheet. I think the mage is just going to march over and, and immediately pull that sheet off. Earth oh. is going on here. And, and, and as you do that, the smell of the room just gets so much worse. And you can see that, yeah, this the upholstery of this chair is very badly stained. That it looks like there are odd-coloured fluids that have, have soaked into the upholstery, uh, particularly the bottom, uh, following maybe roughly the outline of a human form. Mr. Gray pulls a handkerchief out and puts it over his mouth and says, I'm, I'm sorry, Major, what do you mind covering that back up again? What on earth? I mean, with sort of my background with the war and things, is it like someone's died on here or given birth? From your background of having seen some decayed bodies, yeah, it does look like... Can we not have packed house so- saw people giving birth in the war? <laughs> it, it there, does was, look, there was a full stop between those two sentences. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does look like, yeah, someone decomposed on this chair. Mr. Gray, do you know anything about this? Yes, uh, that that is where um, Mrs. Nolane's body was found. Um, um, and anyway, uh, let's. Uh, shall we? Uh, shall we get on to the the reading this? Oh. It, it, yeah, it, it was it was a horrible sight. It was a horrible sight. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah, it's still a horrible sight. It was worse when they found her body. I, I I didn't see the body itself at the time, but they did take some photographs. And, yeah. Um, yes, I her her body had only been must only have been there for a day or two but somehow it had putrefied quite bad anyway anyway look I'm, I'm sorry the, 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 you said you wanted me to to read this as quickly as possible and uh, yes yes I, I must discharge my duties um, I'm sorry I shouldn't have brought you into this room that was very thoughtless of me yes anyway uh, the, the letter he says and he pulls a letter out from his pocket and you can see that there's the bulge of something in it as well besides paper and he starts opening it up uh, meanwhile outside the room uh, Anthony and Nigel were there uh, the major had indicated for Mr. Fold to follow you and he has done and he looks around at the two of you and says uh, well, well gentlemen now, what is going on Is uh, are they reading that secret letter in there? I believe so. Oh. In private there. Yes. Uh, well, I'm sure. Well, I'd, I'd obviously like to speak to your friend about the contents of the letter, if she's happy to discuss it. I, I mean, I hope I hope you'd extend me the professional courtesy. I imagine there's going to be enough of a story here for both of us. In fact, do, do you think it'd be rude if we listened at the door? <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd say that that's not necessary. Well, um... Yes, but no, we I, are journalists. I, I have a couple questions for you. You said you've... Uh, well, I mean, I, we got a journalist in there with her. Uh, and she is a journalist herself. Now, you said you've been to Innsmouth several times before. How, uh... How many times have you been here? How long have you been coming? 
What brought you here? A few times. A Is few there times. Another hotel. <laughs> oh, what the hotel, the Gilman House? Oh no, I'd never stay there. It's a horrible, horrible place. I, w- I wish I had read your <laughs> reviews of it before we attempted it. <laughs> and uh, so, so you just day trip in? Yes, yes. When I have business here. Oh, what, uh, what sort of business do you do here? Well, as I said, I'm journalism, but I, I've conducted a number of different trades over the years. I, I, a bit of this, a bit of that. I, um, yes, I, some, some. I, I suppose you could call me a businessman as well. Uh, yes, I mean I've had some dealings with the Nelaine family before. Well, not, not the current generation of Nelaines, but uh, Emily Nelaine, and she was a. A remarkable woman. Remarkable. Sorry, sir. I don't think we've met Anthony Marsden, but how did you get access to a private reading of a will when our friend who is a blood relative listed in the will had issues getting through that door? Well, it isn't private. I just walked in. (laughs) Oh, believe me, if just walking in was an option, we would have done that. Well, and yet, here I am. Yeah, interesting that. And uh, so, if you day trip, where do you where do you where do you live? For you, oh, I I'd live on the road. Yes, I I travel here, I travel there. I'm it, my my work takes me all over the place. It it doesn't really suit me to have a a permanent residence. I I I think of myself as a gentleman of the road. Oh well, that's. Very nice. So you, you have your own automobile? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. I drove it here myself. Interesting. <laughs> Note to self. <laughs> uh, but, okay. Uh, meanwhile, in... Oh, sorry. No, no. Carry on. No, no. Um, I was also just going to... Basically, I just want to small talk him. He says he's a freelance journalist. I want to find out what all he might have written, anything I've read. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to size up his credentials. You can give me a psychology role. actual journalist at all. I was trying to do this without requiring my dice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so psychology 45 versus... I believe in you. 35. Nice. Whoop, whoop. Okay, yeah, he he sort of prevaricates a bit and, you know, gives you a few loose ideas about things that he might have written and, you know, mentions the names of a few publications. But you're actually fairly certain that he's just making all of this up. Okay. That's that's all I needed. <laughs> Now, meanwhile, inside the library, Charlie Gray has pulled the letter out of his pocket and is opening it. And while this is happening, I I guess Frida May is probably fairly focused on this, but as the Major and Sherman are there in a a more (laughs) protective capacity, the two of you could give me spot-hidden rolls to see if you notice something. Could I have made a roll? Oh, I <gasps> did. 27 versus 45. Oh, nice. Oh, I've got a good spot. But that's a fail. 83 versus 70. 
Okay. I'm sorry, so, Scott, did you ask for me to roll this? No, because yeah, this is as, okay. as uh, Charlie's pulling the letter out and opening it, so I think this is, you know, that's probably the focus of your attention, but the uh, your, your two would-be bodyguards uh, are probably watching the perimeter. So you notice that outside in the garden, just outside the, uh, the library window, Having a cigarette and trying to look a bit casual, but very close to the window, and the, the, yeah, the windows are a bit cracked, you can see Edward Nolane, yeah, just standing there nonchalantly. I will go over and very firmly close the window. Okay. And, and yeah, as you do so, he, he looks at you. He makes eye contact with you unsmilingly. Uh, and just very deliberately takes his cigarette, drops it on the ground, and crushes it hard under his heel while maintaining eye contact with you. I will pull out my own cigarettes, light one, and pull the window <laughs> shut. <laughs> Good. I mean, that, that probably also helps with the smell of death in the room. <laughs> so, while this is going on, Charlie Gray has pulled this letter out, and he says, Yes, uh, well, if you're ready, Mrs. Honeycutt, I, I, I shall... I shall read this to you now. Um, and <laughs> apologies if I stumble over this a bit. I, I, I meant to get the original text, but I've got the handout, which is all done in cursive, and it's not the easiest thing to read. As a seasoned veteran game master, I assumed you got a player to read this and just blame them for their poor abilities. <laughs> uh, no, I'll, I'll read it as, because it's meant to be read by Mr. Gray to, to Freedom Acer. If you're reading this letter, I have died, and you are in the company of my grandchild. Um, I cannot assume that she is literate, or um, so I am reliant on your imparting the contents of this letter faithfully. My granddaughter is likely unaware of her birth and heritage. Uh, she carries the blood of the Nolane lineage and all that entails... Uh, we Nolanes suffer from an incurable degenerative condition. Uh, this may seem strange given my apparent age at the time of my death, yet the degeneration is not one that consumes a life, but rather changes its course. My granddaughter, as all my descendants, will ultimately transform into a new and terrible form. I discovered a way to stave off this unwanted fate, and, but I care not to share this remedy with any of my other wretched progeny. I would have kept it from even my granddaughter were it not for her errant path from the family and, and the order. Know that the remedy is found in my left hand. And, and he pauses at this stage and just stares at the letter then continues, uh, excised before my death and my meeting with you, Mr. Gray. The key imparted to your safekeeping will lead my granddaughter to my mummified hand and the device within it. This device will preserve her youth and humanity, but she will not know how to work it without aid from the alchemist. I cannot state the exact course in writing for fear of this missive being compromised, 
but know that the alchemist will be watching and waiting for my granddaughter when she receives my missing hand from the bank deposit box. He will come to you, and you shall learn of his wisdom. None of my other children should receive or claim the device within my missing hand. If necessary, I, I implore my granddaughter to take measures to, to prevent another from spiriting this treasure away. Destroying it is not advised, as to do so would be to, to snub the very power of the gods. Um, tell my granddaughter to use this power selfishly. Tell her that she should not trust a single member of the Nolane family. I, I include myself in this declaration, for I have let the blood of others flow and, and have murdered to remain whole in my form. I have lived more than anyone ought. They must know that the only truth I have written is this one. If my granddaughter does nothing, she, she will transform and become Dagon's child. This boon I grant safely to her and, and her own children and, and none others. Let the order rot and the rest of my family with them. Let the mother take me. I am ready. Emily Nolane. And with that, he just lets the letter drop from his hand and it floats down to the ground. And, uh, he, he, he looks around for a chair. You know, first of all, looks at the one with the stains on it, then looks to another one and sits down heavily in it. Um, yes, I, I, the key. I, I had the key. Yes, the key. I hold out my hand for the key. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, here, here you go. How big is the key? It's a fairly small safety deposit box key. It's you know not much larger than the house key. I take it and I swallow it. <laughs> That's going to make going to the bank difficult. <laughs> it wasn't the bank I thought would be a difficult part. It's going somewhere, but not the bank. <laughs> okay, you swallow the key. The major will head over to the window again and see if there is anyone else eavesdropping. No. Or if there's any sign no, of Edward. Now that you seem to have chased Edward off, he's vanished from the garden. Um, Frida, after hearing that, um, whatever you make of the, the intricate details of it, I don't think we should be staying around Innsmouth much longer. Uh, no, I, I, I don't. I think you're absolutely correct. Um, I've swallowed the key. I know, I know how my body works, so we've got two days to get to the bank. <laughs> Well, uh, Mr. Gray, you, you announced in front, uh, and, and and maybe you had to, but you announced in front of the whole family exactly where Frida's going to be going. They're going to be watching that route and watching yes. the bank like, I'd say like hawks, but it's more like eels. Um, yes, yes. What, what do you suppose she meant by murder? Uh, you know what, actually, I would like to roll law. <laughs> because um, I don't know that I oh murder means to kill someone. You <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Scott, I'm so sorry about this. Um, so <laughs> that's a seven versus a five. I'm going to lose points. Okay. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe that worked. So, what do you want to know? <laughs> I want to know how I can bind him to not tell what I've done with this key 
and to make sure that he, I don't want to have to tell him anything I don't want to tell him anymore. Um, he is not representing me or my friend's interests. So, and he has described to me several times that he is a resident of Innsmouth and that he feels unsafe here. So I don't want to do anything that's going to like pit him against me. So I want to have like a good legal standing to either not say anything at all or bind him to do something that is in my best interest. Hire him. Okay. I, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, hire him. He has a duty of confidentiality. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I have law. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, Mr. Gray... Uh, yeah, yes, yes, Mrs. Honeycutt. As the letter so very clearly says, um, no one is to be trusted. And that included uh, my dearly departed grandmother. Now, as the only, I would say, um, non-ruthless Nolane in this house, I think that it's the best course of action if you begin rendering services to me and I'll be heading up the no lane account going forward okay so um how do you feel about working for a honey cut instead of a no lane um yes yes i i think i think i i will probably be leaving mr no lane's practice um immediately um i i suppose it would only be sensible for me to take on a, a new client. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm still having trouble understanding why she was talking about murdering people in that letter. Uh, Mr. Gray, I would say that the mention of murder was about the fifth most startling thing in that letter. <laughs> yes. I, 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 I do... I mean, the, the, the hand... I mean, the... the yes, the fact that the hand is in... Um, a safety deposit box is, is yes, yes, um, troubling and, and surprising. But I and and does it meet with facts? Did she have one hand? Well, I mean, she, I think, had attempted to disguise it by using a, a glove and perhaps some form of prosthetic. But it it does make sense that I mean, I I, I did hear. I mean, when I met with her, she was just wearing a glove on on her left hand, and um, I did hear afterwards that that when her body was recovered, it was indeed missing the hand. Uh, so, so perhaps that's that's not as surprising as it might have been. But I, I'm I'm sorry, she's talking about having killed people. Oh, now that should be no surprise. We had a guy out there talking about tickling my tendons and making me dance. So, um, yeah, th these are yes, some yes, really dangerous people. Yes, yes, that's that's August, though. He's he is an unpleasant man, and yes, very very dangerous. But um, I I didn't think that his mother was of the same ilk. Speaking of um, the other. The grandchildren. Um, where is Chastity? Um, again, he looks at Sherman and says, uh, I, "I believe she might have gone to see." To see who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, we're the worst. Uh, by the way, I did, me- I, I did mention this before, but just in case you've forgotten, I am. Uh, I mean, Sherman will know, and it's probably obvious from the looks of him compared to everyone else around here, that Charlie Gray is very much not, uh, you know, the Innsmouth look. He he's, he is an outsider. But but still, you know, from that he does seem to know something of the ways of Innsmouth. I'm not sure how much I know. Oh, okay. Given that I, I yeah. I'm from um, Kingsport, and my mm. uh, mother had also left Innsmouth before I was born. Oh, so okay. I was assuming I knew something like there's some sort of Innsmouth condition that means people closet themselves up. Yeah. And I mean, it would make sense to say, you know, go to sea being a kind of almost like a euphemism for <laughs> when people do just kind of. Vanish. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. In, in which case, yes, you are cheerfully talking of cross purposes, and and he yeah. he, he obviously <laughs> you know thinks that he has conveyed meaning to you. Doctor, uh, <laughs> uh, loud and clear, sir. Um, yeah. I would like to ask the major for a light so that we can burn the letter. Of course, and he'll uh, spark up a, a lighter immediately. In fact, I think it's matches. I think that's what we've said is... Uh, oh, yeah. uh, yes. So let's I'm just sure. get rid of this. And um, I want to make sure it's completely burned, Scott. No okay. no, no, crumpled up something in the fireplace later <laughs> so they can find it. Sure. No. Eat yeah. the ashes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that notoriously damp Innsmouth paper. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, you can do that. So I won't bother giving you the handout then. <laughs> so, yes, while all this has been going on in the library, you've obviously, Anthony and Nigel have been waiting out there with Billy Fold. And this, I mean, this has taken a bit of time. I mean, you've noticed as well that I mean, shortly after you gathered outside, Edward Nolane came back in. It, or at least he walked uh, through a door you hadn't noticed before around the side of the library. He has come back into the hallway. You know, a, a look of thunder on his face. Uh, looks over at the two of you and says, uh, Do you think they're almost done in there? I don't know. Hmm. What's it to you? Well, let me know when your friend is available. I have a, a business proposition for her. We will we will pass that along, uh, but your guess is as good as mine when they will be done with their private meeting. Yes, yes. Uh, well. <sighs> I mean, what what exactly is your proposition? Do you, do you know what might be in that letter? Well, clearly, it's whatever's held in my mother's safety deposit box at the at the bank. Um, yes, if. Uh, if your friend would be willing to uh, give me the key and the um, and and sign over the rights to whatever's in there, then um, I, I think I can see my way fit to paying her two hundred dollars. I mean, you don't equitable. think you got out enough with finding you know between the family getting all the property, saleable assets, stocks. A sizable donation to the church. I mean, it's probably a set of sentimental earrings or something that meant something to our friend's mother. 
Yes, but you don't understand, do you? We, we're family, and, I mean, she may be related by blood, but she's... She, she's not from these parts. She's never been part of the Nolane family, and the idea of any part of my mother's estate going to her... Hmm. No, 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 this this won't do, this won't do. As I said, $200. I mean, if if she wants, we may be able to negotiate higher than that, but I think 200 is is a perfectly acceptable amount for for whatever is for whatever is in that that safety that is deposit. That's a pretty option. generous amount. Yes, I thought so. I thought so. I mean, we will definitely pass that to your niece. <laughs> Good. If there's no objection, could I like, invite the other two in? Three maybe with Billy? Um, before before we do that, um, let's just uh, let's have one cigarette and um, smoke up the room just a little bit, okay? Okay, and um, puff, 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 and open <laughs> the door. Okay, and there you can see, yeah, there's uh, Anthony and Nigel there with Billy Fold, and apparently talking to Edward and Elaine, who. Yes, he he looks up as as you open the door, and gives you a big smile. Uh, you can see his nicely capped teeth. He's, um, you know, he's he's. You can't see his eyes. He's wearing these, you know, thick sunglasses. But he says, "Ah, hmm, uh, Mrs. Honeycutt, I, I was wondering if we could talk business." Um, sure. I mean. I thought you guys were all interested in what was in the letter, so... Well, I think what I'm most interested in is what's in the safety deposit box. And I think if if you were to give me the key, I, as I was saying to your friends here, I think I could see fit to... Um, yes, a, a payment of $200 for the key. Actually, I'm quite sorry, but um, there's no key. You know, the whole letter was just about something that's inside me. You know, just uh, something that's a part of me and something that I need to figure out, you know? Um, he says, uh, Mrs. Honeycutt, I, th I think you're being disingenuous that I saw a little bulge in that envelope. <laughs> okay, but it was just the letter, and I've burned the letter now because... Well, she said that there was something going to happen to me. You burned the last document that my mother left behind. To me. Yes. It's just, yes. listen. I suppose so. Edward, um, that's your name, yeah? Yes. Listen, I don't know what your mom has told you, but there's something bad that's going to happen to us. And, um... I don't know why she even told me. I something wish that she had just bad. left me up there in the Great Lakes to... Oh, something terrible is going to happen to me and to, to all of my own children, you know? And so, I, Edward, and I think it might happen to you and, and your children as well. She said something terrible's happened, like we got some kind of disease inside of us. And that's the whole letter is all about the disease and what's, what's coursing through our own veins. And and with that, uh, despite himself, he just involuntarily throws back his head and starts laughing. There, there's a nasty croaking sound to the laugh. Is is <laughs> and and oh, he's he's almost helpless with it. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, 
<laughs> my, my mother had some funny ideas about our bloodline, but you have to understand, Mrs. Honeycutt, this, this isn't a curse, this isn't a disease, this is a blessing. We are the children of Dagon. As I'm sure my brother could tell you about in exhaustive detail. And the children of Hydra as well, as I'm sure my <laughs> sister could tell you about until, well, <laughs> well, I suppose time is meaningless for the likes of us. But, yes, yes, I, there, there, there is no curse, there is no disease, there is simply eternity. Well, you know, I've gone to church before, and it just wasn't for me. I've been to several of those, you know, tent revivals, and it's just, it it's never been something I've been much interested in, and I'm just not interested in this religion either. And if you all are happy with it, that's fine, but I think that the best thing we can do is, you know, research and find out what 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 grows inside of us. Why is this going to happen to our bodies? As this happens, you hear a heavy scratch of pencil and notepad as Anthony is taking out <laughs> everything that's being said. For strange, but you, this is my chance to get to the times. <laughs> Anthony, you went to college with one of those fancy Harvard guys, right? You know, I, I'm sure that you know you've got some connections to somebody at that what works for some sort of science journal or something. It was a guy called Harvard. Didn't go to Harvard. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. Well, yeah. We went to Yonkers Community College. It's, it's a fine establishment. Oh, well, you know, perhaps you know someone that works for a, a scientist. I just. Go you know. fighting rats. <laughs> I was like, what's the, what's the New York animal? I guess we got rats or roaches. <laughs> fighting roaches is maybe better. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay well anyway back in the room edward i don't know what to tell you uh you live your life the way that you want i'm gonna live my life the way i want and whatever's inside of you it's yours whatever's inside of me that's mine and we're just gonna have to deal with these things and process them in different ways i don't know what else you want from me just the key, my dear. As I said, the key is the truth. What's inside of us? She's saying it's a disease. You're saying it's a, it's a blessing. And I'm saying I'm just tired of all of the all of the craziness what comes out of this area. Well, I'm sure we will meet again, Mrs. Honeycutt. I don't think our business is entirely discharged yet. Whereas, he says, turning round to Charlie Gray, I think ours is. I think your services are no longer required. Uh, and, you know, Charlie, well, he looks nervous, but he doesn't look unhappy about this. He is, he is very conspicuously standing behind Sherman. <laughs> <laughs> Well, goodbye then. Yes. And I'm going to walk towards the door. The fuck okay. out of here. Yeah, he, he isn't trying to stop you. Okay, uh, is Gray coming with us? Uh, yes, yes. I mean, if, if you're giving the opportunity, yeah, both Gray and Fold are following you. 
I if I if I can, as soon as we're outside the door of the house, I'm going to grab Gray by the arm mm. and just looking a little wild, say, "Mr. Gray, you know, there's this thing that people around here get." <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, well, get, this thing get. that they were talking about in the letter, that's just an Elaine thing, right? <laughs> oh, oh God. I, I'm sorry. This is this is turning into a very strange day. I, pardon my laughter. I'm, I'm not laughing at you. It's just everything has become a bit too much for me. <laughs> my, my grip on his arm will, will, will become uncomfortably tight. I said it's just an Elaine thing, right? Okay, oh, this my dear Sherman, my dear Sherman. Crazy talk in the letter. You really need to talk to your family. I ain't got no family left. I think you'll find, he says, looking around the people who are leaving uh, the, the estate and walking off down the road or some getting into the cars. He says, I think you'll find that you do have family. God help you. I'll, I'll let him go and, and a shiver runs through me. <laughs> and is that a good place to leave the episode? I was just going to say, that's say brilliant. So. Again, thank you everyone for playing. That was a fantastic <laughs> episode. And uh, thank you everyone at home for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Um, we will be back very soon with the next one, but we'll do a quick sign off. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, um, the easiest way is through Twitter, which is at Joe the GM, um, or the podcast is at HWR Podcast, or through our Discord. And there's links to that in the show notes. We also have a Facebook page, a Reddit page, and of course our Patreon, which is the absolute best way of supporting the show. If you enjoy what we do and you want us to keep on doing it, then please do consider consider donating on patreon at patreon.com forward slash how we roll podcast not only will you get early access to all our episodes including the next one of this scenario but you'll also get access to a whole load of patreon only stuff including three cult divinity lost scenarios and a call of cthulhu scenario as well so please do check that out um owen again thank you so much for playing um how can people find more of your stuff uh, people can find me if you look up how we roll Owen on the internet Owen is e-o-g-h-a-n because irish names uh, I mostly hang out on Twitch.tv. How uh, how we roll own just playing games, watching sports, um, and talking as much crap as I do here, I guess. <laughs> uh, you can also find me on my Discord or the How We Roll Discord or on Twitter at the same handle. Brilliant! Thank you so much. And again, Veronica, that was incredible. Thank you again so much for playing with us. Uh, where can people find more of you? It was great to play with everyone. Thanks so much for having me. If you want to follow me on social media, I'm at Typical Veronica. And if you want to follow my podcast, you can follow us at St. Paxton Podcast or at Cthulhu and Friends. Oh, thank you so much. And again, Adrian, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm loving how your character is <laughs> so entwined with the story. And I've no idea whether this is you or Scott or a combination of both. It's an <laughs> absolute pleasure. So thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, how can people find more of your stuff? Uh, I'm on um, Twitter as at AppShadow. And my books can be found where books can be found, uh, including, I should probably say, the um, collection of Lovecraftian stories I co-wrote called The Private Life of Elder Things. Which I recommend heartily. is a terrific book. Oh, well, thank you so much. And again, <laughs> Seth, thank you so much for joining us. A pleasure as always. Uh, how can people find more of your things? Well, uh, you can find me on YouTube where I talk about gaming and mostly gaming. And that's <laughs> just at my name, Seth Skorkowski. And you can find me on Twitter at S. Skorkowski. 
Uh, I'm also on the uh, Modern Mythos podcast, so you can uh, come and uh, listen to me and us talk about gaming and mostly Call of Cthulhu and investigative and horror games. <laughs> and again, highly, highly recommended. Uh, and last but by no means least, thank you so much, Scott, for taking us through this again. I think a combination <laughs> of you and Matt Dawkins have made an incredible scenario, one that's been very, very <laughs> memorable. So thank you so much. Oh, good. I'm oh, glad you're enjoying it. Yes, if people want to talk to me, you can find me on the How We Roll Discord, or you can always at me at S. Dorwood on Twitter. Um, alternatively, if you go to BlasphemousTomes.com, you can learn all about the good friends of Jackson Elias, the podcast that I do with Paul Fricker and Matt Sanderson, uh, where we talk about Call of Cthulhu, weird fiction, horror films, and yeah, all sorts of other random stuff. We've at the time of recording, we've, <laughs> we've just done a whole lot of stuff on Robert E. Howard, which has been absolutely delightful digging into that and researching it all. Fascinating character. Brilliant. And, and, and once again, highly recommended. And we will be back very soon with the next exciting episode. <laughs>